Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, February 8th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got a lot to discuss. Since we talked last on the Friday morning show, we have had all kinds of things go on down at Auburn, Alabama. We have got Michigan coordinators leaving, etc. We already talked about Michigan's defensive coordinator leaving. Now the offensive coordinator is gone. Uh, the Texans and Dolphins both have made hires. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ed Orgeron, maybe some Kyler Murray, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the Senior Bowl was this weekend. Chris, uh, I watched a little bit of it. I, I don't know that anybody really stood out. Kenny Pickett was a perfect 6-for-6 six six for like 84 yards, 89 yards, something, and a touchdown. And uh, and Malik Willis looked good. I mean, <laughs> Desmond Ritter looked okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like there's a superstar in this class, which means we'll probably get like 10 or 12 of them. But uh, but it's a little strange. It's a little strange. Pro Bowl was this weekend. Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl? No, nope. not a thing. It's it, I, I got to tell you, this is the first time I've watched it in several years, and I didn't watch all of it, obviously. But it, it is so strange. The two hand touch thing, and it just it it feels goofy. The whole thing feels ridiculous. So so yeah, we we won't spend a lot of time on that. Uh. Let me let me jump into the first topic of the day. We'll do our rundown here after a couple of topics here, but uh, let's start off with this one. Brian Harson appears that he may be on his way out as the Auburn head coach, and when we had our show on Friday, we didn't talk about it because stuff started springing up Thursday night roundabout, and then on Friday it all hit the fan. And you couldn't tell what was real, what wasn't. What we do know is that they have had uh, over 20 players transfer out, a lot of them disgruntled, a lot of them upset. But then there are a lot that did have very good things to say about Brian Harson. Not the players that have left, but the players that are actually on the team, etc. And a lot of it sounds like guys that are not used to being coached hard that didn't appreciate the business-only uh, side of things, right? Uh, that's a lot of this is very strange stuff. The rumors that went around online, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about those on the show because we try and keep this a somewhat professional operation here. But well, it's not that it's a professional operation. If they had any merit to them, then it would be worth talking about, and we would add, I'd absolutely talk about it. I'm oh not yeah, that. oh yeah. No, but the no, problem if, is, is, if there was merit after the weekend, we figured out. Um, it just seems to be they were completely and utterly 100% fabricated. So there was a statement from uh, Auburn today, and I'll read the statement. And it's, or sorry, on Monday, it said the Auburn administration is judiciously collecting information from a variety of perspectives, including our student athletes, and moving swiftly to understand any issues in accordance with university policies and procedures. Decisions regarding the future of Auburn and its athletics programs, as always, are made in the interest of our great university and in fairness to all concerned. We do not make institutional decisions based on social media posts or media headlines. So, here is what we know. There have been a lot of, or there, there's been a lot of staff turnover. There's been a lot of player turnover in Harson's first year. You get that a lot with first-year coaches that are coming in trying to establish a new culture. They are trying to change things around, but typically you don't get it at middle of the year, right? He fired his wide receivers coach in the middle of his first season. That's somebody that came with him. Like, that's that's an interesting thing. It's not somebody that was left over. That's somebody that he brought in. So that kind of is concerning right off the bat. Uh, Derek Mason, it was announced on Monday afternoon, Derek Mason actually took a $400,000 pay cut to go be the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator just so he could get out of Auburn. Like, if you're leaving to take at least the same pay somewhere else, that's one thing. But when you are taking nearly half a million dollar pay cut to go somewhere, uh, that's not just a lateral move. That is, I am just doing anything to get out of Dodge. The Austin Davis stuff last week. Uh, obviously, May not have been Harson's fault, but certainly looks bad. Uh, what we're seeing here with all the rumors and everything is the same thing that Auburn has done 
forever. And that is, you don't know who is running the football program. This looks a lot like the boosters and the people with money and the powers that be really wanted these rumors to stick or they wanted to run Harson out of town. They, they wanted him to quit, and he has basically said, because he's in Mexico right now, he's on vacation. He said, you know what? I am going to be the Auburn football coach until they tell me I'm not. And props to him for doing that, for standing up for that. But this is a strange, strange situation. What were your thoughts when you heard all of this stuff coming out over the weekend? Yeah, so the rumor mill, you know, I didn't know if there was any to it or not. I didn't know if they were true or not. If they were true, they were damning. But you know my philosophy on all these things. Unless you break up just a, an unbreakable rule, if you think he's your guy, you stand by him. You don't have to fire somebody because they got some, you know, some messiness in their life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I just don't care about those things. Um, if you're an Auburn fan who wants him gone, good excuse to get him gone. Oh, yes. But once again, I, I don't have an opinion one way or the other about those things because I, I'm very agnostic on horses. I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a great coach. And he hasn't had any time at all at Auburn to really get a development of what he is and what he's not. So, um, you know, so that's for the rumor mill part and the messiness part. Um, the, the, the coordinators leaving, there are plenty of people at Auburn that 100% believe that it didn't matter if Auburn went 12-0 and and won the national title both coordinators were going to be gone after the end of the year. Um, they didn't want to really be there, but the phone really, I guess, wasn't ringing a lot for either one of them, which is shocking for Derek Mason. But it seemed to be his two choices were Auburn with a new coach or LSU with a coach that was on his way out. And and he said it's better to be one year with here and then I can leave on my own terms. Um, they just didn't agree philosophy-wise on, on what to do. That's fine, too. That's okay. I don't, I don't think that's a negative on Harson. Plenty of coaches are hard to work with. Plenty of very successful coaches are very difficult to work with. Yes. I, I, there are some that are great, that are easy to work with, and everybody loves them. There are some that are assholes that win all the time, and, and everyone hates working for them. I, I, don't, I don't know that that tells you enough about what he is as a coach. Okay? The messiness that's going on in Auburn, I have no idea – the people that are in charge need to take charge. That's the most important thing. If you've got some boosters that are getting out of line and getting out of hand and, and starting rumors that are just making shit up to potentially ruin someone's life, those people have to go. They have to go. You, somebody has to stand up to them and tell them you're not welcome here anymore. So it's, it's interesting. Auburn when you look at this situation, and everybody has known what goes on at Auburn for years and years and years, right, when it comes to the boosters. Bobby Louder has forever been kind of the leader in the clubhouse, the one that, that kind of wrangles all the boosters up, right? There's Mr. Yellowwood himself. There's all, there's all kind of different guys that are involved, and you don't know who is actually running the program. Josh Pate talked about this on Late Kick on a Sunday evening, but he said, when you bring up Alabama, you know Nick Saban runs that program. When you bring up Georgia, you know that Kirby Smart runs that program. Now, at LSU, uh, Brian Kelly's only been there two months, and you know that he has put his stamp on it. He is the guy running the show. At, at Auburn, you never know who that answer is, right? And because even when Gus Malzahn was there, it wasn't Gus. So you don't know who it is that you're actually answering to, and that's Brent Venables. In his opening press conference as the Oklahoma head coach, he was telling the story, and his daughter asked him why he didn't take the Auburn job, and he said, I don't know that everything is properly aligned there. I didn't know who I was answering to. I mean, that tells you everything that you need to know in this situation. Brian Harson wanted to be out of Boise because of Mountain West stuff, because of maybe Boise stuff as well. I mean, who knows? But he wanted to take a shot at something bigger and he comes down here, doesn't really know what he's getting involved with, and now we see this situation. I mean, it is a complete disaster. Uh, one of the interesting things, Andy Staples had an article in The Athletic on Sunday, 
And he thinks it's not just all of this other stuff, the stuff that happened during the season. Because remember, this team was 6-2 and two before Bo Nix got hurt. And then, of course, Nix gets hurt. It's 6-3 and three because they lost to Texas A&M. But Andy Staples said, if you want to make it as simple as possible, the reason why those guys want Harson out is number 141. That's the number. He said, we can boil it down to that number because that is the highest ranking on the 247 sports composite of any of Auburn signees in the class of 2022. Auburn ranked number 18 in the country, which sounds great until you really pay attention. That's eighth in the SEC. It is behind four of Auburn's annual opponents. That's A&M, Alabama, Georgia. That's number one, two, and three. And then LSU, number 12. Toss in that Billy Napier is now coming in. Toss in all these other things that you've got to deal with in the SEC. Uh, If you don't get players, especially in your first recruiting class when you've really had an opportunity to uh, build hype before trying to sell anything that you've done, this is is a little crazy. Uh, Now, why would they do this right now? (laughs) Now that we're in February, right after signing day? Uh, Who knows? Uh, I do know that there are still people down there that love Kevin Steele and still want him to be the head coach. Remember, there was a coup to get Malzahn fired, and a lot of the boosters were behind getting Kevin Steele the head job. He was the defensive coordinator at the time. The boosters did not want Brian Harson. The boosters wanted Kevin Steele or somebody else like that, but they didn't want Harson. Harson was the, uh, we'll call it the compromise. I think I'm going to use that word a couple of times today, but that was the compromise because the AD just took control of the hire. And usually, we applaud situations like that until we realize that Alan Green, the AD, may still not have control of this program. It's, it is really fascinating to watch what is happening here. Um, do, you have, do you have more thoughts on, on just the recruiting, on what's going on so far, or, or anything that, uh, that, that Brian Harson has actually said thus far? Well, no, but like, if you know you've got changeover at your coordinator's position, then then you're obviously going to take it on the chin a little bit and recruit, right? Like that's normal, okay? So so I don't think I don't think that's anything that I would freak out about or panic about or whatever. The fact that you've got a top eighteen class and top twenty class in the country is pretty good considering all the other things going on there, okay? So like while there's it's easy to say look at all the negatives, yeah, okay. They, they've got – their biggest rivals are Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, and and those teams look to be doing better than them. But at the end of the day, this stuff is all cyclical. That, that, you know, there's going to come a time where they're going to be fine. They were literally one play away with a backup quarterback that could barely move the football and could barely move himself from beating Alabama. They, if Tank Bigsby don't run out of bounds, Alabama – there's a there's a real good chance Alabama just loses that game. Agreed. And and then history of Brown Harson's completely different. They lost what five six one score games. So if the ball bounces another way and they win half of those, and now they got three extra wins from last year, we're not having any of these conversations. None of this shit's happening. Yeah. So to I, assume I agree. that it's all doom and gloom and it's all going to fall apart is it, just ridiculous. Okay, Bo Nix looked better under Harsons than we've ever seen Bo Nix look. I have to assume that Calzada is going to be better than Bo Nix because Bo wasn't great. Okay, I think Harson wants to run a more stable offense instead of relying on a quarterback to just pull something out of his ass. I think he would rather run an offense that maybe more reserved. Maybe he doesn't have the ability. To, to be as electric as Bo, but he's also not going to bring all the problems with Bo. So the other side's not going to have as many extra possessions. Those types of things. And so there's a, there's a world where this team is fine. Okay? And all of this stuff is just, it's just noise and chaos and, and whatever. Auburn is fun to poke fun at, and so people take pop shots. All right? It's easy because their their boosters are a little out of control, and they just go off, you know, on their own and, and do things that, that that don't make sense to the most of us. 
But at the end of the day, Ron Harson's the coach. It you know they they I think they have an, a slight slight upgrade at quarterback. The running back position is one of the best in the in the country coming back next year. You know I, I just think they're going to be okay when it comes to actually playing football, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah, they. I will tell you the one position where they're going to have problems is defensive line, right? Because they lost a ton of their depth in the portal, and they didn't recruit any. So that certainly hurts. Uh, this Andy Staples article, he talked about uh, Saban's first full class at LSU, like his first full cycle. Uh, he brought in Marcus Spade. This was predating 247 and all that. But it, they brought in Marcus Spears, Michael Clayton, uh, Joseph Adai, Andrew Whitworth, uh, Ben Wilkerson, like it, top, top, top players in 2008. Saban's first full cycle at Alabama. Brought in Julio Jones, Dante Hightower, Mark Barron, Courtney Upshaw, Mark Ingram, Barrett Jones, Marcel Derry, like all of these big-time ones, and that's after a 7-6 and six season where Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe. In Urban Myers, first full cycle at Florida, they got Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, uh, Carl Johnson, Brandon Spikes, etc. There were nine top 100 players. Uh, Urban Myers, 2013 class at Ohio State. Jimbo Fisher, doing the same thing at Florida State. Uh, Gene Chizik's first full cycle at Auburn. They, they brought in three top 100 high school recruits. That's uh, Michael Dyer, Trevon Reed, defensive lineman Corey uh, Lemonier. Gary, right. Gary, you're just running off a bunch of names of other coaches that did better than me. That's what right. I'm saying. Kirby Smart's well, first full cycle. Give me, the, hell, stop, the full stop. cycle. I don't give a fuck about any of these players, Gary. You're just naming off a bunch of guys. Who cares? Okay? The point has been made. The question I have is very simple. Did any of those guys lose all of their coordinators after their first season and turn that over? Uh, no. No. Well, uh, take okay. that back. Take right. that back. Take then that what that the back. fuck uh, are we talking about? Hold on. Hold on. Al, uh, Nick Saban did. In uh, 2007, all right, now, uh, so going into the Saban. Hey, like, yeah, and you can't do that. What are but that's what I'm no, saying. Is think about the names that you just rolled off. You are having to coach against all these of guys these people at all. National championship. You're comparing them to them. Is that not what you're striving for? Goal. I understand it. God damn it. <laughs> yes, that's what we're all striving for. But very few people are anywhere close to that. Agreed. So because Harson's not Nick Saban, God damn, what are we doing? Let's right, just take so, him out back and shoot him in the head then. Fuck it. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, do I think that this is fair? Absolutely not. I think this is the boosters well, no, trying to get their guy in. 84 names across nine different coaches that did better than him their first year as a head coach in a new spot. What What the fuck, man? Uh, yeah, that's uh, the name of the game is recruiting in the SEC. And they obviously did not do a good job with they it. But did, I understand didn't. where you're coming from as far as the coordinators go. Apparently but, you don't, because you thought that that was still important. Well, here's the deal. We still don't have a, a situation. He brought in a defensive coordinator, which is Jeff Schmetting, who was his D.C. at Boise State, right? He brought so we'll in somebody see. he knows and he trusts after dealing with what he dealt with his first year. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to surround himself with people he's comfortable with. Agreed. Agreed. Now, we'll see what he does That's what with the I would OC. do, too, by the way. Oh, yeah, especially now. I mean, you, you've seen how this thing works now. You know what you got into. Uh, Nobody in that locker room is not a me guy. Everybody in there is in the tank for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, care your credentials anymore. I just need to make sure that we don't have any problems. We're all going in the same direction. Even if it's the wrong direction, we're all going in that direction. So tell me this uh, before we get into, you know, possible candidates, et cetera, do you think that he is the head coach when they have the SEC coaches meetings at the end of the week? I have no idea. I'm like, I'm just curious what, if you think he survives. what good it does to play this game. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so let's let's talk about candidates. If you know Brian... what? Yes. I'll, I'll tell you this. The answer to that is yes. Because they don't have enough. They tried to do some chinnery to fire him for calls. And they don't have calls, and they're not going to pay another coach like this. Yeah, the payout, they're not. The, because they know to get the next coach, they're going to have to pay a whole lot more. So no, they're not. He's the guy. He's the guy for this year. The uh, that's the answer. The, the buyout here is eighteen point two million dollars, and according to uh, some of the the money people there, that is walking around money. Uh, they would owe him half of it, I believe, or sixty percent of that. I think in the first thirty days, so they'd be cutting a check for like ten million dollars. In, in I understand that, but so. you're speaking. You 
you're speaking like everybody there agrees that Harson's out. Most of the Auburn people, the, this is the problem, is we have a loud-ass minority that is acting this way at Auburn of the boosters. And the rest of them are very comfortable with, with giving three years and let's see what he does and let's judge him then. Right, right. Uh, they are swapping so, over. So, so to... while that is walking around money for a lot of these guys, Gary, most of those guys don't want to pay it. And if the athletic director doesn't want to pay it and they want to give the guy a chance, forget about wanting to pay it, they want to give the guy a chance, then what are we talking about? So that's the other part of this. The president, Jay Googe, is headed out. This summer, he is gone, and they have a new president that is starting in, and I forget the guy's name. It was just announced last week. New president, and it appears that if Harson is gone, uh, the boosters are going to get their pick on the next AD as well. They want Alan Green gone because he didn't go with the way that they wanted to uh, with the head, the head football coach. So everybody's kind of talked about the fact that Alan Green is looking around at other gigs, doesn't necessarily want to be there, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, which is interesting because he just gave Bruce Pearl this gigantic contract. But regardless, if Brian Harson does not survive this, if they decide, you know what, uh, we're going to go ahead and just pay whatever this is and we will get who we want in here, uh, let's talk about the potential candidates for this job, yeah, I don't, who, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in doing that. Not, and I just didn't talk about the uh, the candidates. So, no, because we're just throwing a bunch of names at the wall. That no, it don't matter because the job's not open. Chris Lowe talked about this. Uh, I'll just how about this? I'll read off the names that he said. We'll see if any of them make sense. Uh, he brought up Kiffin. I bet it's, I I bet it's it Matt Rule. I bet it's Hugh Freeze. I bet it's all the same fucking names we throw out for every other job that we thought was going to come open. But never came open. So Freeze was on there. Kiffin, of course, was on there. Uh, Kevin Steele is the defensive coordinator at Miami. Would this, like, I don't know if, I don't think they're worried about a splash hire or whatever. I think they just want somebody that will do what they want them to do. I think Kevin Steele makes a ton of sense. Uh, They brought up Mike Gundy. That's not happening. Uh, Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator at Baylor, and Bill Clark the UAB head coach. Do you see any circumstances where Bill Clark would, would sell himself to go be the, the Auburn head football coach? I think Bill Clark wants to coach in the SEC. I do, too. I just I, I feel like he wants to be able to run his own program, and I don't know if you can do that at Auburn. Well, nobody else has called it. So True. That's true. Uh, we'll see. We will see what happens there. Let's move on to Michigan. Let's talk about what's happening there. Uh, Miami hired offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, who won the Broyles Award last year as the Michigan offensive coordinator. Uh, This is interesting. Now, Miami also hired Kevin Steele, which, you know, obviously we just brought that up. But we're going to focus on Gaddis on this. Kevin Steele had already started at Maryland and then took this job. Uh, Let me me read off the text message that was read to... uh, Let's see. I had it pulled up, and now I don't. Um, so, so Josh Gaddis left, and he he told the players that he was not uh, basically he was not wanted at Michigan, which is interesting, right? This was the text. Uh, Unfortunately, the past few weeks has told a different story to me about the very little appreciation I have here from administration. In life, I would never advise anyone to be where they are not wanted. Now, what this says to me is Josh Gaddis, who is 38 years old. This is his first offensive coordinator job. Uh, they told him, basically, if Harbaugh leaves, you are not going to be the head coach. Like, we appreciate the interest, but we are going to go a different direction. Gaddis has done this before, right? He and Mike Loxley got into this huge argument back and forth when he got the Michigan OC job about how he was actually the brains behind the offense at Alabama back in 2018, the ones that got demolished by Clemson and and had huge record-setting numbers and all that kind of mess, right? It's interesting to see that he would come out and actually vent this to the players before heading to Miami. I think we would all say that Miami is a lateral move. Would would you consider that going to work for for Mario Cristobal? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Miami's not near the program Michigan is. One team just went to the playoffs. The other team's not close to even – I mean, they're struggling to have a winning record. Agreed. Agreed. So, now they do have a head coach, or a new head coach. They've got – obviously, there's a ton of talent around there, et cetera. Josh Gaddis is a proven recruiter. Uh, Do you think that Gaddis should have been in line to be the next head coach of Michigan? No. Me either. Not even close. (laughs) Like, this is a guy – this is a guy that just thinks he's worth so much more than he is. And he might make a one day a, a, an amazing head coach. Okay? Yeah. And he's been a good OC. And that's fun. But this guy's resume, like, there are certain jobs in the country that if you've never been a head coach before, if you have no head coaching experience, you're not getting that job. Now, I know Notre Dame just broke that rule. Okay, Notre Dame, first time, but, but there was there's several schools throughout the country that if you've never been a head coach you're, you're not learning on the job here baby alright and Michigan is 100% one of those jobs yeah I agree uh, I did find it right or wrong good or bad doesn't matter that, that's their rule yes and here's the thing I don't even think it's that because they were there's a chance that they would have hired somebody who's not a had no head coaching experience and so that would have made my, my argument look like foolishness but there's a lot of people around Michigan that believe the quarterback coach Hart is the brains behind that offensive operation now I I don't know if that's true or not but I know the administration believes that if Gaddis took that as an insult I don't I don't know what to tell you like is it okay for me to appreciate what you've done but also not think you're the best guy for the next step because because those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Like, I can totally be grateful for the work that you're doing and that you've been a part of here, but also not want you to be my head coach. How how are those two things, like, how is one of those an insult? I, I, see, I don't think it's an insult, and yet I think he took it that way. Uh, that offense clearly changed, and, and the guy you're talking about is Matt Weiss. Uh, Mike Hart is the running backs I, coach, but... Yeah, he. That's a heart was the running backs coach. Yeah. I got him confused, but yeah, uh, it's white. It was white. Yes, uh, Matt Weiss is uh, the quarterbacks coach. He was the running backs coach for the Baltimore Ravens up until this past season, and that offense obviously changed when he showed up. And yes. you know, I, Gaddis was learning on the job. He had never been an OC before Jim Harbaugh gave him that call. He was the wide receivers coach and the quote-unquote co-offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, I think everybody understands Mike Loxley was the play caller. He was the offensive coordinator. But Gaddis was a recruiter, a wide receivers coach, and a co-offensive coordinator. He helped put together the game plans. Uh, But I think everybody kind of helps put together the offensive game plans. So, uh, you know, Gaddis learned on the job under Harbaugh and, and with this guy. And the offense got better. And... I don't know that that means that he should have been uh, given a shot to be a head coach right now. Uh, for him to come out and say this, it's interesting he brought up the administration and and didn't say anything about Harbaugh because I think he appreciates Harbaugh giving him that call. But but to be 38 years old and irritated that you that you weren't wanted as the Michigan OC or Michigan uh, head coach, it seems a little strange to me. So I I think he'll do great. Down at Miami, I'm I'm sure he'll be perfectly fine with what Mario Cristobal wants to run, and I think he's going to be a hell of a recruiter. But to leave that way, and and to tell the players that was definitely a move. I mean, de- definitely uh, not not something that maybe I would have done. But uh, I, I found it strange. Did uh, did you kind of feel the same way there? Well, I thought it was very unprofessional. Like, I, I thought it was childish, and I thought it was unprofessional. Um, the, the other thing I think is that I, I know everybody in the world just thinks Mario Cristobal is God's gift to football, and he's going to be the second coming of Nicholas Saban. But but I just don't – I don't see that. I watched him at Oregon every year. Oregon was good. Oregon was never great. They didn't scare anybody. And he just hired two coordinators that I don't think are that great. All right? Now, I'm sure Gaddis is really good, but – Everybody at Alabama thought that the other guy was more important. Everybody at Michigan thought the other guy was more important than him. So now you have two pieces of information that say he's here, but he's never been the most important person to our offense. Okay, 
And then I don't think Kevin Steele is very good at all. So, like, that's, that's my opinion of these guys. I don't know why people just assume Cristobal is just this locked, slam dunk, great coach. And everything at Miami is going to come up roses. Maybe it is. Maybe they, they win the whole fucking thing next year and I look like a moron. I, I just don't see that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what everybody else sees. I, I mean, I know the guy fills out a medium T-shirt really well. But, but what did we see at Oregon that says Cristobal is amazing? Uh, there's there's not much. I mean, he recruited at a high high level at Oregon. Uh, that's, all right, that's all right. Pretty so we talked about getting guys in. Okay, yeah. now what do he do with them? Uh, not much, not much. Okay. So I, I am curious. Now, you're to talking see. about a shitty conference in the Pac-12 compared to the rest of the boys. All right. Oh yeah. Right? He he, he won it twice. What the Pac-12 has like, been like in the last three years. That's okay? he, he won it two of the last three. He did not win it this year, but uh, they got just demolished absolutely demolished by Utah, uh, but they did go on the road. They beat Ohio State. They they had some impressive wins. Okay, he's, got, he's got one marquee win in his entire time at Oregon. One. And it's a hell of a win. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking that away from him. But, man, I don't know how I'm supposed to draw an entire career off of that. Oh, no, I don't think you are. I mean, Carson Wentz had a good six months of his life where people thought he was the best football, you know, quarterback <laughs> in the history of football. And, and after that six months, we, we've never seen that guy again. True. I mean, this dude had one great Saturday. He's going to make a career off of it? <laughs> like I said, that might be real, and I'm wrong on this. But I don't I don't like Kevin Steele. I don't know why people keep hiring him. I don't think he's a great defensive coordinator. Uh, Auburn defenses want to make him the head coach. I think they're dead-ass wrong. I think that would be the dumbest thing to do. Uh, he'll, he'll come cheap. That'll help you. Um, but that's it. That's the list. And, well, and also, Gattis, I think at Auburn, I, I think the main reason is because he'll do what they want him to do. Right? But here, hang on. You keep using they when you talk about the boosters, but you're assuming that all of the boosters agree on how things should be ran. The whole problem that we have right now with Harson is, is none of them agree on any of it. So why do we? So why are you using this collective they? They don't don't have a thought because they don't agree on anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can I can see where you're coming from with that. I think the majority of them are more aligned on this than you would think. Uh, I, I, so we disagree completely on that because I've followed this. I've watched a lot of these things. I've talked to interact with some of these people. I, I, I disagree completely on that. Okay. Because I, okay. I, I'm telling you that I think the majority – now, I don't have any big swinging dicks that, that write checks, but the majority of fans that I know – down in Auburn, and a lot of them, all want Harson. They're not thrilled with Harson, but they want to give him three years. Yeah, no, okay? that makes perfect sense. All right, that's, so, that's a and logical. I, and I think some of those guys are connected to a lot of the boosters, and and they think we got to give him three years. We want to give him three years. That they're not displeased with the with the 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 hire or the uh, with the athletic director, but some of them are. So. Okay, well, some of them. Now, who wins out in this? I don't know. I don't know how you do that. But but to say the boosters want him gone, well, some of them do, sure. That makes sense. Some of them yeah. wanted Ed gone in 2018. Didn't want him there at all. Okay, well, 2019, he put together the greatest season of all time. So, like, <laughs> like was he a good coach? No. But but without him, we don't get this either. So True, true. Uh, so, so, going back to Michigan – you lose your defensive coordinator. I don't think that's a lateral move. I think going to be a DC in the NFL is the step that he wanted to take, right? Uh, Not close to a lateral move. This guy came exactly. from the NFL, and he went back to the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. He was a linebacker's coach, came to be a DC that's in right. college, and this this has been a step up in, in every way, uh, every, yeah. every step forward for him. So that makes sense. Absolutely. For Josh Gaddis, uh, this was at best a lateral move, and it uh, was just very interesting. I would imagine that Weiss ends up becoming the offensive coordinator. We'll see what happens there. But uh, do you think that all of this just kind of fell apart on Harbaugh? Uh, you know, he told his assistants, hey, I'm going to be interviewing for an NFL job. You guys might want to interview elsewhere. Should we look at this as, you know, maybe Harbaugh didn't expect to be back in this situation and now he's going to have to kind of rebuild this. 
No, I don't think any of that happened. I think Gaddis got his feelings hurt. I think if Harbaugh would have gotten an NFL job, the D.C. would have went with him. He went to his brother, like, because he wanted to be back in the NFL. That's all that is. So it's a, those are the only two moving parts there are there. That's it. That's the it. Two guys left that weren't there anymore. One of them got his feelings hurt. The other one took a promotion. And wanted out of college. He wanted back in the pros. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're uh, you're right. Let me uh, let me go on and do the rundown right quick. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Uh, everything that you need to know about us can be found over there uh, along with that. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and the YouTube page. Uh, rolling right along over there. I'm giving out some daily college basketball picks. Uh, just, you know, and trying to keep a little content going, give you guys my picks. Uh, it's it's up at the website quite a bit. So, uh, so go ahead and check that out. Of course, YouTube and the podcast. You can follow us both on Twitter. Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. I am at Gary WCE. If you're watching on YouTube, you already see it on the screen there. Very easy to do. If you ever want to reach out to us, we are very much available. We'll talk to you. So just reach out. You can DM us. You can, uh, you can tweet at us, whatever you want to do. Uh, the show is brought to you by BetUS. It's America's premier online sportsbook. And, of course, it is where the game begins. BetUS.com. There are plenty of bonuses, plenty of deals, plenty of everything over there. Go to your browser, type in BetUS.com, or there's a link in the description for that. I host uh, quite a few things over at BetUS TV. You can check out BetUSTV.com as well. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Let's talk about the NFL stuff, Chris. We have got two new hires. The Houston Texans have hired Lovey Smith. He was the associate head coach and the defensive coordinator under David Culley. You know, former NFL head guy. uh, Coached the Bears to the Super Bowl back in like 2006. Uh, Most recently was fired as the Illinois head coach in college football. It appears from reports they wanted Josh McCown. That was kind of frowned upon. He has never been a head coach. uh, Has only... Uh, really played like <laughs> most of his stuff. Say, he's played. never been a coach. Yeah, he's never been Period. a coach. Yeah, uh, some of the guys that are involved there wanted Flores, but obviously with all the stuff going on there, that becomes a bit of an issue. So Levy Smith was the compromise hire from from what I can gather. This is interesting. Uh, if if I gave you an over under on how many years Levy Smith would be the head coach. For the Houston Texans, if I set it at one and a half, would you take the over under? How many wins? No, 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 not how many wins. How many years he will be the head oh. coach? Oh, one years? And a half. Yeah, under, under. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of. I mean, they just fired well, one hang guy. On now. That's a that, less like, than two. Let's say that because he might complete two full seasons. They might not fire him in the middle of the season. But he's he's not he's not getting a third year. Yeah, I I don't think that I don't think he gets a third year. I don't I don't know that he gets a second year. But obviously, we'll see what happens in the first one. I mean, you never know what could end up happening. But this was uh this I'm was a strange that hire. He took the job after they fired McCall. Yeah, I, well, I don't know that he was super tied to David Cully, right? Like I I think. If you get an opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League again, you know, like this, it, Lovey Smith looked like he was going to go kind of the same way that Steve Wilkes did, right? Uh, now, obviously, Lovey Smith had significantly more success, but that success was 15 years ago. So, I, you know, I don't know that he was tied at the hip to David Culley to a point where, you know, he wouldn't take the job. Like I, I think I think he almost I, he I'm not gonna say he had to take the job, but I don't know how many more phone calls he was getting. Well, I don't think he was getting any more phone calls, but you know, this is this shocks me. This just shocks me. I mean, it's it's strange. Like everybody kind of knew what the situation was at Houston when Lovey was hired as the defensive coordinator, right? Lovey was gonna be the guy that was kind of the right-hand man. He had been a head coach in the league. It's always nice to have those guys on your staff. It's it's strange. 
it is certainly strange that this is the direction that they went with all the different options that they had out there. Um, are you are you shocked that Eric Bieniemy is not like he still is not getting any of these jobs? Like, there's been so much hype around him, and it just it feels like all of this is maybe just media stuff. It, maybe he doesn't interview well. We have a problem in the league with black coaches not getting a fair shake. That's undoubtable. Undisputed, you can't argue that. Right. Eric Bieniemy individually, for some reason, everyone just assumes he's the best guy for all of these jobs. I don't know that I agree with that. And I just don't know why everyone's sold on this one guy. Like, fixing a systematic problem is not getting this one guy a promotion. That's, that's not how any of this shit works. Okay? Yeah. I, it, it could just be that, listen, he is the offensive coordinator under one of the greatest play callers in the history of football. Okay? We just had McNaggy be a huge embarrassing failure. All right? True. Like, why are we hiring Andy Reid's coordinators when none of them have done well? Like, at some point in time, you just – I get why people don't do that. I also get that you get to play call, call plays for, for Patrick Mahomes. We ain't got Patrick Mahomes. All right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're 100% right. So, so like, like I, you know – I don't. I don't care if the enemy gets a job. That's an individual. That's a person. You know, like I think we have a problem in the NFL. I don't think getting the enemy hired fixes that problem. Okay. Well, agreed. And I, so I wasn't bringing up so much the problem. I was bringing up the fact that Eric Bieniemy has been talked about for multiple cycles. But I don't know why he keeps getting talked about for everything. Because that was my point. Like, look at their offense this year. They went through a couple of games and a couple of weeks where that offense looked like what we think of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Unbelievable. They also went through like a seven-game stretch this year where they barely broke 20. Okay? True. That offense with those players could not move at all. And they won games because of their defense. In the, in the AFC title game, they didn't score a point the entire second half. Yep. Yep, you're right. So like, why are we just assuming this offense is unstoppable and the guy that's responsible for it has to get a job? I don't know. I don't know. Here, it, here's it becomes... where I'm at. Here's where I'm at on the enemy. Here's where I'm at on the enemy. Too many people are pushing this one person has to get a job too hard on me to make me think I don't want that person. Now, now I feel like now you're just trying to sell me something, okay? He might be the second coming of Andy Reid, great head coach, all this stuff. I, now, because you're pushing him on me, now I got to think you're up to something. Because that's, that's what it feels there's like. There's no reason why, like other minorities are getting getting hired now, and that's fine. That's good. We just had the last two get get hired as minorities, and that's great. Um, why are you so sold that this one person has to get it? Like the 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 one minority that I think has the best claim to being hired. Is, is Caldwell. Like, I, like if I had a job open and, and I needed to make a hire right now, like, that guy doesn't have a job. He's, he's currently unemployed right now. And that guy took the Lions to the playoffs. <laughs> That's all well, I we, need to Yeah, know. we talked about that. We talked about, like, how ridiculous so, it was so that like, he lost his job. For some reason, his name doesn't get brought up nearly as often as the enemy. Let's see. It's, I, it's, like, it's like there's a it's, – it's like for some reason – we we solve all our racist problems in the NFL. Somebody would just give Eric Bieniemy a job, and let's I see. just don't think that's how any of this shit works. Uh, let's see. Caldwell was uh, was hired by the XFL to a consulting panel that addressed football rules for the league back after he was uh, let go by the Lions. Um, yeah, I mean uh, Caldwell was on uh, Brian Flores' staff. Uh, he did interview to become the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was interviewed know. for the Bears. Um, and, and, I, was, and I'll tell you this: I'd hired, I'd hired him over every one of the guys that got hired for those jobs. All, all the coaches that got hired in this cycle. Yeah. Uh, so apparently Caldwell was in the. He was cited by Flores. And that's not me as trying example. to fix the race problem. Yeah. That's. I think he's a better coach than all of those other coaches. Yeah. 
I mean, listen, this is what he did with Detroit. 2014, he went 11 and 5. 2015, 7 and 9. Then 2016 and 2017, he went 9 and 7. Like, he, he made it to the playoffs twice with the Lions. Yeah. But you win 11 games in Detroit, and look at what they did a decade before him and the decade after him. I mean, that is just crazy. I mean, it is, like, that, that, that has to be the resume that you can say, I can do this. I'm capable of doing this. Uh, before, and no one can argue I can't. The year before Caldwell got there, they went 7-9 and nine in 2013. In 2012, they went 4-12. and 12. <laughs> It's just, it's bananas. It's absolutely I, bananas. So that, 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 like I said, I get annoyed when, when I hear the enemy say, because now I just feel like you're trying to force something on me now. Now yeah. you're just trying to sell me something. And now I feel like I'm being manipulated, and I don't like that feeling. I don't like that. And, and it's not, I don't want to do it for the calls or anything. I, I just I don't I don't like the way this is going. Yeah. If other yeah. minorities are getting jobs, that's a good thing. Eric Bieniemy and he might be great, and it might be shitty reasons why he's not getting them. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not in these rooms. I don't know. I'm just telling you that I, I care about the problem as a whole, not as one guy. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, let's talk right quick. We got two more things we're going to hit on right quick. Uh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins made a hire of Mike McDaniel. He's the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator. And this uh, would make a lot of sense. Um, for anybody that's you know interested in the Tua situation down there, uh, Mike McDaniel obviously coached under Kyle Shanahan. Well, Steve Sarkeesian, a lot of ties to that Shanahan offense. Uh, Tua's you know, most successful season was his 2019 season before he got injured. And... This would seem to be uh, them going back to an offense that Tua is really, really comfortable with. It still won't matter if they don't have any offensive linemen to block for him. But, but apparently that's what's going on is uh, Mike McDaniels, or Mike McDaniels, excuse me, uh, is the new, the new head guy. And it looks like an interesting hire. He's an interesting-looking fellow, for sure. Uh, you never really saw him a whole lot because everybody just knows that at, Kyle Shanahan is the guy. He's the brains behind the offense with the 49ers. Uh, this is another one of those situations. You're hiring the guy that uh, is is under the brains, right? This enemy, like we just talked about. Like, Andy Reid is the play caller. He's the guy. Uh, you know, it's it's a little strange to me that, that he got this job. I had honestly not heard him up for any other jobs uh, other than this one in the years past. Does that seem strange to you? Yeah, I I didn't know anything about him until he got hired. Um, and then, obviously, all of his uh, press conferences that he's done are, are, are up and available for people to hear and see. And he's a weird, funny, quirky guy. I liked him. I found him extremely likable. Very funny. Um, and I don't know how what kind of a football guy he's going to be. Uh, he's He's got... He's got two things that are different to me, and I don't know how to judge them, which is why you just wait and let it play out uh, because I wasn't a decision maker here. Uh, you're hiring the offensive coordinator for the guy that that is the offensive genius. Okay. That, that, that rarely, rarely works out. But this is the only person that has been with Kyle everywhere Kyle has been. He started with Kyle in Washington, and he went or, or wherever. Like, like he, he has – Followed Kyle to every job. So if anybody has picked up and learned how Kyle has done things, and you want Kyle 2.0, this is the guy you go get because he is the only person with that on his resume. There's not another person that has followed Kyle to all of his other stops, implemented his offense over and over and over again. I do I do want to bring up something. Uh, you, We've talked about this over and over. We don't like teams that hire the guy that worked under the genius of whatever side of the ball that is. Uh, but yeah. these Sean McVay hires are really, um, they're, they're kind of, they're changing the tune a little bit on this, right? Like uh, mm. Matt LaFleur and now Zach Taylor is is in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's... All right, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, I'm not giving you Matt LaFleur. I'm just not. 
Okay. No, you, you don't get to hire. You don't get to have Aaron Rodgers in his prime and a team completely made up already. And yeah, you but, get to roll off all these wins and then say, no, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, now let me see how what kind of co- coach LaFleur is. Well, agree, but Let's I, see who he's got. Like, and I'm not saying he's got to go to having a horrible quarterback. I, I, I want to see what you could do with a Kirk Cousins, okay? Somebody who ain't going to win you games and will rarely lose you games, you got to coach this thing up. All right? Okay, the okay. same thing's going for Zach Taylor. I I know he's at the Super Bowl. Listen, you know who else has got a Super Bowl ring? A couple of guys that nobody cares about or ever heard of. Doug Peterson just got a job in Jackson. Doug Peterson got a Super Bowl ring. That guy ain't worth a damn. All right? I don't think he's a great coach. Okay? I, okay. I think he had a team that caught lightning in a bottle, and they were unbelievably talented. Zach Taylor, there's a part of me that feels like is being carried by a team with immense talent. You might be right about that. Yeah. I might be wrong about that, too. Okay? But I am not. I am not sold on. Look at Sean McVay's guys. Call me when LaFleur, when when Aaron Rodgers isn't there, and then let's look at LaFleur's resume then. Because if you get, if, if you start your coaching job with a guy like a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes, or an Aaron Rodgers, or one of these transcendent quarterbacks, the Peyton Manning in his prime. You don't get to look at that resume. That son of a bitch was winning games far before you came along. <laughs> now, now, if he was winning eight games a year and you brought him to 11, then you get credit for that. But if he was winning 11, 12, 13 games a year and you're doing the same thing, I don't know how much credit I get to give you because Mike McCarthy did the same shit, okay? And we know he's not a good coach. True, true. You uh, you might be onto it now. Mike Mike McCarthy uh, had kind of worn out his welcome in Green Bay, and and his record. But it doesn't matter. He still he was still winning ball games. He didn't get fired because he was losing. Uh, no, he he did. Uh, they were seven and he nine the year before he got fired. Aaron Rodgers and him butted heads. Well, yeah, but they were also four seven and one when he got fired in that last season. <laughs> so they, I mean, they were not good uh, for the last you know at least couple of years. So I, they went ten and six the year before that. Uh, they, I mean, Lafleur, uh, his record is is pretty awesome. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I know his record's amazing. I know his record's amazing. I, I'm telling you that. I'm I just see that for what it is. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I understand where you come from, and I I actually agree with you. Uh, without Aaron Rodgers, I I don't know what he would be. So I'm not saying he's crap. And I'm not saying that let's give him the Jaguars and see how good of a coach he is. No, let's give him a fair to Midland team. Let's see how good he is. Let's give him a fair to Midland. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying Jordan Love is and you and that's that's your history. No, give him a guy like a Kirk Cousins. This guy's made playoff games, won playoff games. Like he's he's good. <laughs> he's not great, but he's let's, good. I would love to see that Packers team with Ryan Tannehill, which all the Aaron Rodgers stuff yes. came out. Uh, no. And, and it's me, probably me not going to happen. Then, but yeah, Because then we will see what kind of coach uh, LaFleur is. I can get down with it. I, uh, I want to hit on two more things before we get out of here. We'll see if we can keep it under an hour. So we got uh, we got about six minutes here. Ed Orgeron was asked on a newscast down in Louisiana. Uh, somebody had a bad nightmare that – he went and joined Alabama staff as part of like the rehabilitation thing that Nick Saban does. And Ed Orgeron would be recruiting in Louisiana against LSU for Alabama. And that was somebody's worst nightmare. And Orgeron basically told him right off the bat, said, you don't have to worry about that. That ain't going to happen. Like that is not going to happen. Now there's a part of you that says never say never, but if there was anybody that would refuse to take a job at Alabama under Nick Saban, I think it's Ed Orgeron. I, I, Ed Orgeron yeah. is not some young guy that needs to be rehabilitated. He has had multiple opportunities. He has done amazing and crazy things. I Would you be surprised if Ed Orgeron just doesn't coach anymore? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I think, think so I too. think that's probably what he's going to do. I think he's not going to coach anymore. I, I think he likes being Ed Orgeron. I think so, too. I think so, too. And he too. lives in a world where he can make a living now just being Ed Orgeron if he can stay out of trouble. Yeah. Or yeah. get in some trouble. It, it, that, that's fine, too. <laughs> Shit, that's fine. It that's doesn't matter. If, if you're not employed by a school, it really doesn't matter. Like, just go do what you want to do. 
No, I I loved the honesty. I loved it. he was not politically correct with it. You know, well, uh, you know, I'd have to listen to whatever. I, none of that. It was very quick. Like, no, I'm not going to work at Alabama. Like, that's insane. So I love I love that there are still people to do that. I love Ed. I love Ed. And what he gave me in 2019, no one has ever given me in my life. And 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 I love him. I, I would not be afraid of Ed Orgeron recruiting. I would not be afraid of anybody on the planet recruiting against this staff at LSU in Louisiana. I agree. That, that doesn't mean they're going to get 100% of them, but I promise you that n- nobody's coming in and just taking anybody they want from that state ever again. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And so, finally. So while I love Ed, that, 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 that wouldn't scare me. I wouldn't like it, but that wouldn't scare me. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So my finally. only dream of that, I know you want to get out of here. I know you want to get <laughs> to other thing. My only dream of that would be Nick giving him one of them ass chewing that he used to give Lane and oh, yeah. forgetting that Ed Orgeron's a grown ass man <laughs> and on national television to see Ed Orgeron just knock that seventy year old son of a bitch out <laughs> on national TV and just walking the hell off. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, it would be very entertaining, to say the least. Uh, last topic of the day. Kyler Murray unfollowed the Arizona Cardinals on all of his social media. He took all the Cardinal stuff off of his social media profiles, only left up a few posts. Uh, one of them was Mike Evans talking about how he would love to catch footballs for the Texas legend, all that kind of mess. And... And I've only wanted to bring it up because I think that sometimes people forget that stuff that happens on social media doesn't really matter at all. Like, did you read anything out of Kyler Murray unfollowing the Arizona Cardinals? Well, I don't I don't follow Kyler Murray on any social media stuff, so I didn't know that until we talked about it. And no, I don't care about any of this stuff. I, I just I just don't. I mean, none of this shit matters to me. I'm old. And and I, it's really hard for me to to think that who you follow matters. Listen, Kyler Murray is under contract with the Arizona Cardinals for the next couple of years, and this ain't the NBA, baby. <laughs> you you ain't just getting out of your contract in the NFL, all right? You got that right. You gonna play football for whoever signs you? Okay, that's just it. That's the bottom line. Well, I mean, we saw so, that with Aaron Rodgers. You think Kyler Murray's got the same yeah. power that Aaron Rodgers got? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, no. Think of the clout and the power Rodgers has, okay? Think about that. And he couldn't wiggle his way out of, out of Green Bay. As pissed off and, and red-ass as he was, he tucked his tail, he put his head down, he came in, he went to work. You got it. No. You got Kyler, it. Kyler, whatever's kept Kyler's ass, he's going to find a way to get over that. Or, or find somebody that'll make a trade for him. Or but, it may not have anything to do with that. It may it, This social media stuff may have nothing to do with any of it. He may have just unfollowed just for the hell of it. Like the, <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell you, no, but I would tell you this. No, no, no. He's young enough. He's young enough for this shit to matter. Okay? Like, if he unfollowed him, somebody needs to figure out why and what the hell's going on. And, and you, like, I can say I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. But he don't work for me. True. Okay? And, and that's the difference. Is somebody there needs to figure out what the hell's going on. What are you upset about? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Ay, ay, ay. All right, let's go on and close this thing out. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Nope. All right. All right, I'll go ahead and let you go, and then I'll wrap this thing up. Sound good? Bye. <laughs> Be good, brother. <laughs> All right, let's go on and finish this thing out. You guys have been fantastic. It's so nice to get back in after a long weekend being stuck in an ice storm, et cetera, in the Memphis area. Everybody... Do us a favor. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and that you are subscribed on YouTube, etc. We appreciate all of you for listening. Share the show out. Tell your friends about it. If you're still watching the video, make sure and give us a like. Make sure and follow. Uh, subscribe. All the, all the different places that you need to do so. Go to betus.com. That is where the game begins. Of course, check out betustv.com as well. I'll be hosting some things over there this week leading up to the Super Bowl. And uh, we still have the BetUS College Football channel. So go ahead and follow there as well. With that said, you guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. 
Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.